we can use data, we can use technology to really maximize the workplace experience and improve our team dynamics. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. Companies today face a global war for talent, and high-skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top freelancers to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Estes. This year's sudden shift to remote work is a wake-up call for many organizations and leaders. There's a lot more to remote culture than simply dialing in from home. Today, I'm speaking with Sharan Yarlowski, the CEO and founder of Cassiopeia, a startup that empowers managers that lead fully or partially remote teams to maximize their workplace experience through data. Cassiopeia's solution delivers actionable insights and boosts team collaboration, belonging, and mental health by analyzing communication patterns within and among the teams. Sharan was featured in 2019 as a Forbes 30 Under 30 in Israel. I'm Sharan, Sharan Yaroslavsky, the CEO of Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia empowers remote leaders with the insights they need to improve collaboration, belonging, mental health within fully or partially remote teams. What we do, we just analyze communication patterns. So it's uh, data like who sent to whom and when. We're not analyzing any text and provide actionable insights. We just send a weekly email reports to managers with the insights they need to really maximize the virtual workplace experience. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I'm very curious on what you're learning from patterns, because I think a lot of times we don't think of how data can help us navigate how we work or tell us about uh, the teams that we work with and how people want to be communicated with, especially remotely. But before we get into all of that, you originally planned for a career in law and worked as an IP litigation clerk in Tel Aviv. Tell me how you went from IP litigation law to where you are today being a, a product leader in this space. So I'm originally from Israel. I moved to the States eight months ago. So I'm based in California. I wanted to be closer to our customer base. But originally I'm from Israel and I worked and, and lived many years in Tel Aviv. I decided to study law and I loved, uh, I really loved law school. It's very logic. You can think and, about how to influence people and society for the better, about social justice. I, I absolutely love it. But one of the reasons why I decided to, to choose to study law is my desire to, to work with people and to influence people. And I always loved the intersection between law and, and tech and science. This is why I, I chose to major in AP, intellectual property. And I was a very good student. I was always, I'm always in the dean list and I was an excellent student. And I, I was pretty good at it, practicing law. But when I finally started my, my internship as a, as a clerk, and I really worked in the, one of the top uh, law firms in Israel, I just realized it wasn't what I imagined it will be. I wasn't working with people. <laughs> I was kind of buried under all these papers and listening to interrogation recording. So I wasn't really working that much with people. I wasn't influencing that much on people. And I was advising not creating anything new. This is what I felt back then. 
just when I finished my, my internship, I decided to move to tech. <laughs> I really wanted to do something that will require my analytical thinking, analytical skills, and, but also will require me to work with people and influence people. So I chose, I chose uh, to be a product manager. So I just worked as a product manager, as a leading product in many, te- many years in, in Israeli tech. Now, you're in tech, you're in Israel, and you have this idea. You have an idea that you can solve a problem using your background in, in education and your passion for product management. What was the problem or what was that aha moment that you're like, hey, I think I can spend my time solving this problem to make the world a better place or at least make the way we work better? Yeah, I think like me and my partners, we experienced some unpleasant experiences in the workplace, some bullying or just feeling not belong. And in some point, we really had this idea, what about if we can use tech to improve workplace experience? And we researched the field. We talked to so many experts in that field. And we decided, yeah, we we can do it. We can use data. We can use technology to really maximize the workplace experience and improve uh, team dynamics. So I think this is what led us to to the passion of, you know, using AI and data to, to just improve workplaces worldwide. Now, tell me a little bit about Cassiopeia. I think some of the interesting data that you have up up on the website is that 66% of remote employees experience difficulties with loneliness and work-life balance, collaboration, and more. And as as someone who's gone from corporate big tech to fully remote, I I identify with some of those. But you also say that 77% of managers are struggling on how to best manage teams. So tell me a little bit about how Cassiopeia is trying to help not only the the people that are working, but also the managers that are struggling. Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, just remote work is, is yeah, in my view, is, is amazing, has a lot of benefits, but also creates new challenges, both for managers and employees. So for employees, basically, we can see an increase in uh, problems that relates to collaboration, work-life balance, loneliness, communication. So this is on the employee side. And for managers, so according to KCP's data, more than 77% of managers indicate it's harder for them to manage their employees remotely. And the reason for it is that basically as a remote manager, you're working with a smaller data set in some sense. You don't see how people interact, they're dynamic in the office, with whom they drink in coffee with. So you don't have all these small data points you used to have while working in the office. So this is why it's so difficult, right? It's so difficult for managers to really lead their team remotely. And what we do at KCPA, we help them to close that gap. So we provide the insights they need about the team dynamics, about the, the experience, about the engagement within their teams, also while working remotely. So this is just in general what, what we are doing and how we are helping managers these days. Now, give me an example of a, of a customer, even even better, a manager that's used the platform and, and the type of insight they received that really helped unlock their ability to not be one of those 77%. So it really depends. We're working with companies that either decided to have more uh, remote employees that are they used to work from the office, but now they're going either fully remote or partially remote. 
So we have a lot of insights for these kind of companies. We also have working with companies that are, you know, were working remotely since day one. They're remote first from day one and they have their own challenges also while growing significantly. So I can share, for example, one of the use cases is that we saw, so for example, a drop in collaboration between specific teams. So for example, one, one thing that we see in many, in many cases is that when shifting to remote work, it really affects the collaboration uh, between teams and within teams. And what we do in part of the insights we provide is also the data about collaboration and how it affected. So I can share that we saw a drop in collaboration between specific two teams that really supposed to work together really closely and really affect the performance of the company. And we managed to catch that in a really timely manner. So it helps managers to detect the relevant actions that we recommended in our report. And it really affected the performance of, of this department. So this is one thing that I can share. Also, we have so many examples for how we managed to improve workday balance. So one of the things that companies are struggling with, and I can share that companies that are shifting to remote work, but also companies that are remote first from day one, also struggling with it, is really the ability to design a better and balanced workday. And we, we really help managers to track, for example, if there is increase in meeting times or a decrease in focus times within the, the team, or if we are um, not very efficient with our um, meetings. So we have a lot of insights that we provide that relates to, to workday balance that really helps teams to, to really create better uh, workdays. Let's talk about collaboration. Let's talk about a company that four months ago went suddenly remote. When you talk about collaboration dropping, are you talking about, hey, these people that used to email each other are not emailing each other? Hey, they're not meeting anymore. What is the insights that are the database insights that you're seeing that say, hey, this is an early warning sign that the people that used to be always chatting and always sharing information are really slowing down? Yeah. So as I mentioned, we are looking on data like who sent to whom and when. So when people are writing some comments on Slack or email or uh, meetings on, you know, we see the calendar information. So if we see that, the, let's take, for example, two teams, we see they're meeting less and they're writing each other less. They're just chatting over Slack less than they used to be. Uh, and we're seeing like as, as part of a trend over time, this is something that really we can highlight and say, you know, as a manager, you, you should take into account because we see a decrease in collaboration over time between these two teams, for example. So let's say that Cassiopeia comes into an organization and they say, hey, we want to get better insights and, and action plans to really help our teams. Because to your point, we're losing some of the data that we used to have when we were in the office. How do the workers feel <laughs> from, hey, you're kind of looking at my calendar, you're measuring my Slack, you know, I may be talking to a friend a lot and, and you're looking at that, like, as it relates to being watched or having their, their data mined, are you hearing any concerns from the workers as it relates to their relationship with the organization or their managers? I can share two things we are doing. The first thing is to know how to communicate it. And when we're working with customers, we have a messaging package that we share 
with the relevant messaging about how to communicate, what KCPA is doing, why we are doing it, what is it for the employees, you know, what they're getting out of it, what is the value we are providing for employees. And from our experience, when you're communicating what we're doing in a very good and accurate and transparent way, the reactions are amazing. So employees really appreciate that, you know, the company is doing the extra step to create better work, work environment for them. So definitely it's part of it is how you communicate, you know, in a very transparent and very clear way what we're doing in a way that can really foster trust. So this is the first thing. And the second is really important to, to understand how we provide the data. So we provide insights about either uh, the manager communication with each and every one of his employees. So for example, if I as a manager maybe communicated less with one of my direct or non-direct employees compared to last week, for example, or insights on the team level or subgroup level. So we won't show any specific insights about, about specific employees. For example, John didn't talk that much or haven't talked that much with, with Dan this week. We're never going to see anything like that in our reports. So it's also really important. This is how we, we make employees feel comfortable using the software because we're not going to spy on them or, you know, going to show any, anything that relates to them on the individual level. You're not out saying, hey, uh, I'm on my Facebook page uh, half the day or something like that. Exactly. We, we, also, I can't, I can't really tell, you know, I don't have this data anyway, but yeah, it's not something that we will show or tell managers about. So one of the things that I'm passionate about and, and talk a lot about is how we sit in too many meetings. It's one of those things of, hey, what's the old saying? Like, if you need a friend, call a meeting. What are you seeing as companies go remote? Because what I've experienced, at least with some colleagues that work for large tech companies, is now they're stuck in meetings from eight in the morning till till six at night, and they're all still structured as an hour, and, and they were traditionally on-premise. What is your data telling you about in this COVID world as it relates to how companies are working? Is, is it changing? Is it staying the same? Yeah, so definitely we have a lot of insights about team meetings and also uh, with the workday balance, as I mentioned. And what we see that when companies are shifting to remote work, they feel like they need to overcome these challenges, the gap that I mentioned before, by over-communicating. So companies just setting up more meetings or more calls just to overcome, you know, these challenges, which is, you know, it's really important in order to communicate and make sure that everyone's aligned. But also what it's create is just a lot of stress and work of for employees that don't have any time left to actually work on their personal tasks. So the question is how we can create this balance for employees, really to design a better work, work day experience for them. So we saw like more than 40% in our data. So we saw it just an increase in meeting time for 40% of, of the teams we were uh, assessing. And it was very obvious and we saw a lot of just a significant increase in, in meeting time. How we use this data is really highlighting for managers. So let's say you're the VP R&D and you have a lot of teams that you, you're in charge of. If there is increase in meeting time for one of your teams, so we can highlight it for you and say, you know, 
listen, there is 30% increase in meeting time for uh, the backend team compared to last week. You should do this and this. You know, you should maybe talk to the team and ask them if they feel they have too many meetings. And if so, what kind of meetings are redundant? So we can also, we are working with the leading experts in the field of remote work and organizational development, people analytics to really provide the most relevant and insightful recommendations uh, for managers. So also we help them to, to take the right action, not just providing the insight itself. What was one of the things as you got into this process and started looking at data? I'm sure you had some assumptions or you had the general belief that, hey, this data can not only help companies be more productive, but on the other side can help people that are working find some sort of balance and really understand how to, how to get into their flow. What is one of the things that surprised you as you got into this and one or two years down the road started looking at real data sets? Yeah, I think as we worked more and more with remote employees, it's amazing to see the different patterns and, and difficulties for different companies. Also, one thing that we see a lot these days and I can share is onboarding new employees. And we can see that for companies that were used to work from the office and now shifted to remote work is really struggling about how to uh, onboard their new hires in efficient way. And we also see the employees are, you know, struggling with creating the network they need and, and being connected and engaged. So we also provide a lot of insights in that space of really how to onboard new employees and make them feel more connected and engaged. So this is something that I really, I saw it very clearly from the data. Now, these days when we are working a lot with, with remote companies that just shifted very abrupt way to uh, remote work, uh, definitely it's really, it, this is something that really surprised me. If you had a person that onboarded from a traditionally on-premise business and their manager normally would go and say, hey, here's the people you should meet with and, and you do all of that. Um, but there's also sort of those flyby conversations, which are really important as you, you join a new company to understand the culture. What type of data is Casopia able to provide to that new hire to help them onboard? Give me an example of something that, that the platform would provide to them that helps. For manager, for example... If we see that the new hire, for example, uh, that were onboarded, was onboarded, um, let's say, three months ago, and we see that the new hire is less connected to his teammates compared to his colleagues, let's say it's like 40% less connected or 40% less engaged. This is something we can highlight to manager and saying, you know, you, you should pay attention for it. And again, we are not showing anything about individuals, but we will share this data about new hires as, as a subgroup. So for example, we will show this kind of insights about new hires in the department, if they're less engaged, less connected, and we will highlight it to the relevant managers and we will command some actions they, they can do in order to better support the new hires, the new employees. So it can be more activities like mentorship or some informal team gathering, and we can help them to think about different kind of activities that really can help to, to make employees more connected and, and engaged. So we talked about onboarding. What feedback are you hearing from customers about the impact that this data is having on their, not only organization, but also their culture? Yeah, so what we see definitely affects 
the engagement level within the company and how we collaborate. So for example, if the onboarding of new hire is, is not a very successful one, he won't be able to collaborate as much as he needs to be uh, with other teams or other departments. You can see it very clearly that the employee network within the company is, is less spread. And this is really important for performance. So we really want employees to develop the network that he needs within the company in order to, to be successful. So it's really affect performance in the bottom line. So definitely it's crucial for making sure these days, also while onboarding employees remotely, that we can do it in the best way we can. Yeah, and so you don't leave people, you, you spend a lot of time trying to get the best talent and you don't want to leave them behind and you want to make sure they have a good experience, at least in the, fir- like in the first 90 days for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for those insights. This is my favorite part of the show. It's the rapid fire section. And I'm going to ask you five questions and I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. What's one thing about you that's not on your LinkedIn profile? I'm a long distance uh, runner. I ran full marathon before and I really like uh, running. And, and I think it's also, you know, a big part of who I am. So I think this, this thing is not on my LinkedIn profile for sure. <laughs> if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? I think I would choose someone, you know, they have a really completely different life experience than I am. Someone lives in Africa or, you know, maybe in the Philippines or someone that really have different challenges or different perspective than I do these days. And just to, in order for me to really expand my, you know, the, the, my view on, on life, I think this is something I would love to do. If you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you want with you? My phone with music and pictures and my laptop with a lot of books to read. Speaking of that, what book or movie has inspired you the most over the past year? I just finished watching The Last Dance, the story of, about Michael Jordan. And I think it's, it's absolutely inspiring. And also, you know, it's really emphasized how much grit and, and hard work is really crucial to, to be very successful. It's, not, it's much more than just talent. So yeah, I really love this movie. And last, what is one word to describe the next decade of work? Dynamic. I would choose dynamic because I feel like the, I think the shift and the challenges that we are now experiencing, uh, I think work as we now see it and experience it will be completely different in the next few days and few years. And definitely we can expect much more challenges and our ability as leaders to really be agile and and make that relevant adjustment is is crucial to to make it work. That's great. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. If somebody wants to learn more about Cassiopeia or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so feel free to to reach out on LinkedIn. So you can just find me, Shuran Yaroslavsky, or write at uh, shuran at cassiopeia.tech. Feel free to reach out. And thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for for having me. Well, I'll put all those links in in the show notes and, and best of luck. Thank you. I'm your host, Paul Estes. Thank you for listening to the Talent Economy Podcast. Learn more about the future of work and the transformation of the staffing industry from those leading the conversation at staffing.com, where you can hear from experts, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and get access to the best industry research on the future of staffing. 
If you've enjoyed the conversation, we'd appreciate you rating us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or just tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of The Talent Economy.